The following audio is from All Saints Church. For more information about the church, please visit our website at allsaintsgb.org. An Old Testament reading from Psalm 134. A song of ascents. Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. God, we thank you for your word. If I were to let out a giant sneeze right now, how would most of you unconsciously respond? Will it bless you? As our culture moves more and more toward deconstructing faith and Christianity, this little remnant blessing of a prayer remains. And I even looked it up and it said, it is still socially appropriate to say, God bless you, even if you do not hold to any kind of faith. Bless you. Most believe the, tra- the tradition of blessing people when they sneeze came from Rome in the 1300s during the bubonic plague, which was a deadly virus that was spreading across Europe. And the primary symptom or the starting symptom was sneezing. And Pope Gregory I gave an edict that people offer this prayer at the sound of a sneeze in order to offer a person protection from a symptomatic signpost that could be pointing to a death sentence. God bless you. And by God's grace, the tradition remains. But what does God bless you mean? When we read the last line of this psalm of ascent, may the Lord bless you. What is this blessing being given to us? Like the tradition of saying, bless you to a sneezer, blessing has kind of lost its meaning in our culture, hasn't it? Just hop on social media and see a family like cuddling up to Mickey Mouse at Disney World and see the caption beneath the pic read, hashtag blessed. To be hashtag blessed today really means to be the recipient of anything good which falls in three categories. Any good people, good places, good things. You're blessed with things. Hashtag blessed, like with a new house or a new job or a new car or a new gaming system. Hashtag blessed with places like this beautiful vacation destination or the ideal job or even to be in a good place emotionally. Hashtag blessed. Or blessed with people like friends or a spouse or children or grandchildren. Hashtag blessed. But what happens to blessing, friends, when these good people, these good places, or these good things get tainted or tarnished or even taken away from us? What happens? Hashtag cursed? Could it be possible to pose in the picture with Mickey, with your family, after one of your children's been erased from the family because she died at age six and write hashtag blessed? Could that be possible? Could it be possible to be in a bad place, lying in an ICU, struggling to breathe your last day's worth of breath and caption that picture blessed? 
Could it be possible to be stripped of every earthly possession after a hurricane, after a flood, stand in the ruin and underscore the picture with hashtag blessed? Could it be possible? It is. If you understand what the word blessed is meant to mean according to scripture. And today, I want us to walk away from this last psalm of ascent with a rightly ordered understanding of that word bless. Because the God of the universe, the God who made every person, every place, everything, the God of heaven and earth has blessed us to the fullest. And because he has blessed us to the fullest, every single person here can bless God in any place, in any circumstance, with everything we are. Two questions this psalm wants us to ask. First, what does God blessing us mean? And second, what does blessing God in response look like? What does God blessing us really mean? And what does blessing God in response look like? First, what does God blessing us mean? It means fullness. God bless you means God has fully given you everything you need to live your life to the fullest. We're going to begin our final Psalm of Ascent actually at the end with the last words of verse 3. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. On first glance of this psalm, as the people of God, they finally reached their destination of Jerusalem. They finally reached their destination of Zion, the place where the temple of God sits. They're there. And you would think this final psalm would be filled with all this picturesque, awe-inspiring language like, wow, amazing, this is incredible, look at this. But instead it's these three verses. On first glance, it appeared to be a little bit, a little bit of a letdown. Maybe a letdown like that series finale of your favorite show or your favorite movie. Just a little bit of a letdown. Or that last day of summer vacation or summer season Labor Day, where you're just like, that was it? That was summer? And what you hear, bless the Lord and the Lord bless you. I love the way the Psalms are constructed for this very reason, because they're so relevant to real life. You see, this Psalm is probably being sung as the people of God are leaving the temple, they're leaving for home after a week of a really good festival, of a really good vacation. That's probably where this psalm is being sung. My father-in-law, he gets up at oh dark 30 when he comes and visits us, the day he's going to leave. He gets up at like 4.30 in the morning to get in the car to leave. And so we have to get up and say goodbye to him. Like, that's what's going on with this psalm. It's like getting up early in the morning, everyone's got their stuff packed, and they're ready to go. Or maybe they're not so ready to go. Because they have to leave the people, and have to leave the places, and have to leave the things. And even maybe in their minds, leave the God that they love so much, who is here in this temple. And before they go, 
they're talking to the night shift. They're talking to the Levites whose job it was to stay up all night and keep the temple presentable after days of activity and worship. Why, does, why do the Psalms of Ascent end with the night shift? Because these Levites, these priests, are representative of the fullness of God's blessing. These priests are not only charged with keeping the temple at night, they are charged with keeping the prayers and the praises of God going all the time, even after the crowds are gone. God's praise in the temple never ends. It is full. Morning, noon, night, God's praises are always heard in the temple. And before the people of God leave the place of worship, as they're hugging their friends and family who they won't see for maybe another year, or they may never see again, as they're hugging them, the Levites are offering to the people a benediction, a blessing. They say, may the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. So what are they really saying to send off the folks as they head back home to go about their life? A blessing, friends, is this. It is the giving out of good to someone. It is the putting good onto someone. You see, the priests aren't handing out brochures. Hey, we've got an early bird special for next year. You can get flights really cheap when you come back. They're not handing out brochures to say, can't wait to see you next year. No, they're not giving out merch bags to say, remember what happened this year at the festival. They're not doing that. They're giving out the only good that can get anyone through Wisconsin winter. They're giving them God himself. They're saying this. A full God has given you everything you need to live fully because he's given you himself. He is your blessed You have everything you need in him to live a perfect and full life. That's what they're giving them. Do we believe that? Friends, do you remember Job? Do you remember what happened to Job when he lost every person, place, and thing that he loved? His cattle were killed. All of them. His crops all destroyed. And even gets word, your children have just been crushed. What was Job's next line? The Lord gave, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job is saying in the pain of loss and stripping away, as every person, place, and thing is gone from me, I have in him everything I could need. Everything I could need is found in him. Job, nor the people of God leaving the temple in this psalm of ascent, knew Jesus personally. They have no idea, bless you, by the way, they have no idea that someday would come someone who would leave heaven and earth that he made by his own hand and pour out himself as a full blessing upon a sinful people. They had no idea. But the psalmist and Job did know a God. A God who promised a seed who would save his people from their sin. They did know a God who would give rescue from slavery 
They did know a God who gave manna in the wilderness. They did know a God who gave water from stones. They did know a God who gave them sacrifice instead of death for their sin. They did know a God who gave them a king to drop an enemy to the ground. They did know all of that. And the theme of the Old Testament, and friends, the book of Amos, which we're going to be heading into start next week, is resounding with this. I am here to bless you with me. I am the Lord. That's his name. I am here to bless you with me. When will you trust I am enough? I am enough for a full life. When will you trust that I am enough for an obedient life? When will you trust that I am enough for a blessed life? In me you have all that you need. As you receive the benediction today, this blessing you receive every week at the end of our service. Remember, you are receiving the promise that he's yours and he is enough. He's yours and he's enough. As your children come forward during communion to receive the blessing, we're telling them the same thing. May Christ be enough to you, little one. In him we have, in Christ we have a father who loves us as if we were perfect children. In Christ we can stop striving for our father's approval because we have it. In Christ we have a friend of sinners who, when we sin, steps into the courtroom of God and says, I plead my hands and feet wounds on her behalf. And in Christ, we have the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant, living within us, the Spirit of God in us, to remind us that this life, friends, is not our end. We come every Sunday morning to be reminded of the blessing that we have in Jesus Christ. And we leave each Sunday like the people of God leaving the temple with a deposit guaranteeing what's to come. Guaranteeing we'll never have to leave again someday. Guaranteeing that there's a time where summer will never end. Guaranteeing there's a time where there's no more tears, there's no more loss, there's no more goodbyes, there's no more rejection, there's no more empty chairs at empty tables. No more! Because we will see him as he is. We will see the fullness of God and need nothing else. Forever. That's what we have in God blessing us. So second, quickly, what does blessing God in response look like? We got to be asking this question with blessing because they say, bless the Lord. What in the world does it look like to give something good to someone who doesn't lack a thing? (laughs) He has everything he needs. He is self-sufficient. Bless you. Here's some good to you. No, you are good. You've got it all. Is this even possible to bless the Lord? Read with me the first two verses of this farewell psalm. As it's being spoken to the priests in the temple. Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord, Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. How do we bless the Lord? What does it look like? We're given three directives in this short little psalm. 
Come, stand, and lift up hands. Come, stand, and lift up hands. Direct is given again to the night workers, to the behind the scenes servants of God, to the full time worshipers of God. And guess what, friends? That's you, church. You are the full time worshipers of God. Who every day as you're going about your business of life and living out the callings that God has put upon your life as a student, as a mom, as an electrician, as a professor, as a retiree, come stand and lift up hands as a failure, as a flop, as a flounderer, come stand, lift up hands as a saint, as a sinner, as a son, as a daughter, come stand, lift up hands. Come to the Lord. Stand before the Lord and lift up your hands to the Lord. Come to the Lord who calls you to come as you are, as you are. Stand before the Lord who is everything that you're not. And lift up your hands to the Lord who's given you all that you need Come to the Lord who has opened his hands to you, giving all of himself to you on the cross. Stand before the Lord who speaks each one of your names at the door of his empty tomb and come alive and lift up your hands to the Lord who promises, promises to take you home with him. You don't need more things, friends. You don't need more things. You don't need more vacation at more vacation places. You don't. You don't need more likes, more likes, or more virtual friends. You don't need that. You have a fount of every blessing poured out in Jesus Christ. Come, stand, and lift up hands to him. How is the question, I haven't quite answered it yet, the question of blessing a God who has everything been answered? God doesn't need anything from you. But it gives God so much pleasure in the entire world that he's made to have all of you come to him. Where you bring all of yourself to him. That blesses God greatly. To be blessed with you your time, your words, your thoughts, your prayers, your why gods, your why not gods, your where are you gods. It gives him such great blessing to have all of you near to him, with him, trusting in him, resting in him. Nothing gives him greater pleasure than that. As a close, I'm going to do something. Presbyterians, it's a little different. This psalm gives us directive to lift our hands. And we as Presbyterians can be a little more conservative on how we worship. We're very orderly, careful. Why? We're given directive to lift our hands. And so I'm going to just read a list of declarations that I wrote that I know I can lift my hand to every single one of them. And I would encourage you as you hear one or two or all of them that resonates with you. Yes, I'm lifting my hands in prayer regarding that one. This isn't an altar call. I'm not asking to see a show of hands. Close your eyes and see your hands. That's not what I'm doing. I'm asking us to do what this psalm is telling us to do. Lift our hands. 
and prayer. Your lifted hands declaring, you love us so well. You love us so well, Lord. Your lifted hands declaring, how long, oh God? How long, oh God? Your lifted hands declaring, you are so good to us. Your lifted hands declaring, please help me. I have nothing. Your lifted hands declaring amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. Your lifted hands declaring, you are everything good in this world, Lord. You are everything good in this world. Your lifting hands declaring, would you have me back, Lord? Your lifted hands declaring, I'm prone to wander, Lord. I feel it. Your lifted hands declaring, here's my heart, Lord. Take it. Seal it. Your lifted hands declaring, above all else, I adore your name. Your lifted hands declaring, you give and you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Your lifted hands declaring, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God from whom Jesus' blood flowed for me. Praise God from whom Jesus sets me free. Praise God from whom Jesus welcomes even me. Lift your hands in worship. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you, O God. He is greatly pleased. Father in heaven, thank you for these lifted hands. Declaring you are good, you are awesome, and you are our God. We bless your great name this morning. Thank you for the work that you have done for us. Continue that work and continue keeping our hands lifted to you always. Because in that is incredible promise and blessing. We ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen.